Who said that? I received that. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man. I just, I just saw all the girls looking for tissues. Oh, looking for tissues. Where are the damn tissues? Damn. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Love is in the air. Yeah. Who sang that song? I can't remember. Hey? Okay, I believe you. Also because I didn't hear you. But everybody's good this morning? Are we happy? Are we blessed? Are we uh, joyous in our hearts? Do we have peace in our heart this morning? Amen. Uh, is the mic fine? It's not loud in, too loud, hey? It's cool? All right, cool. I'm happy. Uh, if it is too loud, just uh, endure. The Bible says that if you endure, you'll receive your just reward. <coughs> this thing is, okay, it's fine. All righty. So who, uh, who is here for our faith series? You know, living by faith. Man, that was good, hey? Yes, see. Um, all the guys got up here. We got our chance to give our spin on things. We had a little panel discussion. It was really good. We had some phenomenal feedback, you know, about uh, what living in faith is, you know. And uh, we were chatting this week. And this is like, guys, I mean, we just spoke about faith. Obviously, the next thing we got to go into is the New Testament realities. Amen? Our new reality in Christ. Everyone say new reality. Right. Now, how many of you have ever... Uh, Googled or searched whatever uh, scriptures about who you are in Christ. Anyone? You know, and then you get those, those blog articles about 50 scriptures about who you are in Christ. You know, and you go in there and it's like, you are one with Jesus. As he is, so are you. You are God's masterpiece. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about? And everyone knows those scriptures that come to mind, right? But what I'm going to do today is, I'm not going to go through all those scriptures, right? What I'm going to do today is that we are going to be doing some groundwork preparing the ground because when it comes to experiencing our new reality in Christ, there is a very foundational shift that we need to make before we can expect to experience, okay? And uh, what am I talking about? That's a, that's a good question, Bash. In Romans 8, it tells us that those who live according to the flesh, right? What does it say? Those who live according to the flesh... They lust after the desires of the flesh. They're controlled by the desires of the flesh, right? And something that we often lose track of or lose consciousness of is where we came from. Now, when I say where we came from, I don't mean where you were born, your city of origin, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that every single one of us came from Adam. Are you with me? That's what the Bible tells us, that because of Adam, death entered the world, and every single person was born into sin, right? You guys with me? They didn't have a choice, sorry. Because of Adam, you were just born into sin, right? And oftentimes, we forget that when we were born into sin, we created an entire life around what the flesh desired. Are you guys with me? So everything that we went through with life was all about protection and promotion. That was it. We live life to make sure that we were safe, and we live life to make sure that we were enriching ourselves, right? Like Pastor Didi was explaining in the offering message, okay, where he was talking about how the, the holes in your heart start appearing when we start deciding that we're living for me, myself, and no more. Are you guys with me, right? And uh, what tends to happen is that when we start hearing about this amazing new truth in Jesus, it's not new truth, it is the truth, okay? When we start hearing about the truth in Jesus, man, the, yes, look at you smiling. Ah, she, she can't stop, eh? That's amazing. <laughs> if JR didn't do that, I'd be like, man, this is a good message. She's like, <laughs> Mel, don't skip your notes, eh? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, but off points, uh, I just had to react to that smile, Shave. I wish you guys could see. Uh, well done, Jaya. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, see, what was I saying? Can't even remember. I'm excited for you now, even. Okay, yeah. Right? When we hear about the truth of Jesus, we hear about all these benefits. Are you guys with me? And, I mean, over the years, that's been the hook, right? Come to Jesus. He's going to heal you. Come to God. He's going to provide for you. And they even went further and they said, do this certain thing and you'll get that benefit. And they painted this amazing picture, but they never ever told you that there is an environment where that 
can be experienced. There's only one environment where that can be experienced, right? And we're going to cover that this morning. Because you see, when we come to God, right, and we're trying to experience his kingdom, and the kingdom is God's government, all right, how everything works, uh, um, how, how everything about God works, if I can put it that way, right? When we're trying to experience the kingdom, but we're still stuck in the flesh realm that we grew up in, how many of you can agree that walking with God becomes frustrating, right? Has anyone here ever had the, oh, God, would you just please do something? Anyone? You guys know that? It's like, oh, God, are you even listening to me? God, do you even love me? Yeah, you're laughing, but you know it's true. You're laughing because it's true, right? I mean, you, <laughs> so I, I've been spending a lot of time uh, researching, you know, um, the, the sort of social media presence of Christians right now, you know, because I'm just trying to get a gauge of what's being put out there, how people are responding and everything. And I promise you, everyone is coming with this angle of how to fix what the flesh is experiencing. So someone will come up there and be like, listen, if you're sad today, I want to let you know that the devil's attacking me. Like, wow, that escalated quickly. Ooh, maybe my dog died, I don't know. Jeez, you know, but okay, it's the devil. Or someone comes up there and they put a thing up. You know what, if you're watching this video, God wanted, to watch you, wanted you to watch this video today. What? No ways, I have to watch this. And then that person on the screen is going to go on about, you know, that struggle that you've been experiencing. That breakthrough that you've been waiting for. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? Have you ever noticed that no one can talk about Jesus apart from their suffering? It's the truth. No one can relate to God apart from their own brokenness. You know why? Because we've adopted... The mentality that, listen, still being stuck in the flesh mindset, the carnal, the natural mindset, that I've just got to get this flesh of mine in line. It's not scriptural. Do you know you can't get the flesh in line? Do you know how God got the flesh in line? He killed it. <laughs> Come on, he killed it. He didn't fix it. He killed it. He said, let me kill this thing. And I'll give you something new. Amen? Kill the flesh. It's gone. Colossians 3, right, tells us. Uh, Linda, I'm so sorry, bro. It's, it's cool. It's all good. We're going to get that easy worship sorted. It's all good. <laughs> but Colossians chapter 3, right, it tells us this. It says, listen, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. Now, what is it talking about? It's talking about... Now, now you, the person you, all right, is not your body. You're going to say, I'm not my body. Okay? Every single one of us understand that we are a spirit being first. What does that mean? It means that the moment you were conceived, your spirit was created of God. God himself created your spirit. So while you were conceived, before you even became a fetus, I don't know if before, or at that point, that's when you existed. Before you had eyes, before you had a face, before you had arms and legs, that's when you existed, right? In the natural realm here. And then, obviously, the body developed. You got born. You got a body. You started living life. You started learning things, running, walking, school, friends, romance. All these things along the way. And through all of those experiences, you were creating a framework of what is good in life, what is bad in life. A framework about what promotion is, about what protection is, about what supply is, about value, and all these different elements. Are you guys with me, right? And along the way, we realized, you know what, my recipe or my framework's not really working. Anyone been there? Okay, I've been there. And uh, it's not a lack of feeling. So what do you do? You look for someone who says, I've got the answer. Right? Have you guys ever seen those adverts by the, the influencers where they say, uh, this is how you get rich quick? You guys know? You ever fall, fallen for one of those? Or you get those SMSs, Omo promotion, you've won 150,000 Rand. And you're like, what? No ways. Meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't even use Omo. But anyway, 
<laughs> Are you guys with me? So because of that framework that's been created, we have created a benchmark for ourselves about what a good life would be. Right? And to some people, a good life is toxic. For some people, it's like, if I'm not partying Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm not having a good life. It's like, okay, bro. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. But, uh, you know, if I'm not, like, super high and super drunk every weekend, that's not a good life for me. Right? And everyone carries their own benchmark of what a good life would be. Are you guys with me? Right? So what do we do? We walk around and we hear about the benefits in life, okay? And then we get to Jesus, and Jesus is like, listen, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. I've come to give you a life that you will never experience anywhere else. And what do all of us do? We're like, I'm in, right? I'm in. This is, this is it. Like, I want a piece of this, Jesus. And then we start this walk. And along the walk, everything starts going chaotic. You guys know that feeling? Like it just becomes an absolute chamors, right? And then now, because we're trying to understand the chamors, because of how uncomfortable we're feeling, what do we do? We use the same framework and the same logic to try and get to a reason as to why all of this is happening. The first one that always pops up is the devil. The second one that always pops up, it's your sin. And after that, there's nothing else. Hey, dudes, no, it's either the devil or your sin. There's nothing left after that. Uh, oh, wait, the third one is God's testing you. Sorry, we've got to throw that one in there. Because there's nothing wrong with you, but God's just testing you, okay? Have you guys heard those, those reasons, right? Oh, the universe. Yeah, it's the universe or, or energy or, you know, something like that. But I want you guys now who are taking notes, right? Let's take this journey because God has told us there is a specific way that everything he has promised operates, okay? And the New Testament reality is that it only operates in Christ. Are you with me? So write down now on your notes, right? Write down these two words. I want you to write down position. Linda, I don't think you need to put that up on the screen. It's okay. <laughs> Linda's like so over it. He's like, Bash, don't even, dude. <laughs> Please, don't even. I want you to write down position, and I want you to write down state. S-T-A-T-E, right? Not like United States. We're not looking at that. I'm going to explain what these two things are. All right. Now, let's talk about position for a second, right? When you think of position, what comes up in your mind? Any takers? Placement, all right? Typically, top, down, left, right, corner, center. You guys with me? Right, that's what position is. When you think of state, what does it mean? Not like the United States of America, like the state of something, condition, mindset, um, whatever, right? State, condition is the closest one, yeah. The state of things, okay? Now, in what I've been explaining this morning about this framework that we've been creating our entire lives, state and condition are two things that are integral in the flesh, right? Firstly, uh, sorry, state and position. Firstly, let's talk about position, okay? Because do you know a lot of people still don't know the difference between sin the noun and sin the verb, right? And yes, in the Bible, it is written like that. When you go and look at the word sin in the original language, right, there are specific instances where noun is used and there's a specific instance when a verb is used, right? Where's Jess? Must be an English lesson on nouns and verbs here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but a verb is a what? Doing word. It's an action, right? I feel like I'm back to trying to remember a grade three, like, English uh, lesson. And what is a noun? A noun is a thing or a place, right? So, here's the thing. When the Bible talks about sin, when it's speaking of a noun, it is talking about a place that you were placed in because of Adam. You, because of Adam. Are you guys with me? So, for example, 1 John 1 verse 9. Ooh, yeah, we're going to bring the law. I'm kidding. Right, what does it say? It says, if we confess our sin, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us. So what does everyone do? Everything they do wrong. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry I, I screamed at that person, Lord. Lord, I'm so sorry I murdered someone. Lord, I'm so sorry I stole something, right? Okay, murder was a bit extreme. If <laughs> I just saw everyone chatting. I'm like, okay, sorry, sorry, okay. <laughs> but did you know that that word sin is a noun? So these preachers all these years have been telling us, confess everything you do wrong. I'm like, but did you read the scripture? Because what John is talking about, he's saying, if we acknowledge that we were born into Adam, then we will see that the redemption of Jesus is the testimony of the faithfulness of God. Amen. Are you with me? If we acknowledge that because of Adam, I was born in sin and death reigned in my life, then only can I see, God, you are so faithful, you made a way out for me. Because that entire passage of scripture is talking about denying Christ and fellowshipping in the light. Amen? And it's same with Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, every, the, the whole New Testament. This basic language principle applies. Now, before you get a bit nervous, guys, okay, because I know when we start telling people, you know, confessing your sin is not a biblical thing, they, they, they get nervous. It's like, oh, so I can just do what I want to do. I'm not getting into that today. There's many righteousness series that we have you can go watch. Please go and watch it, right? But let's talk about position. Romans 5. Let's go there quickly. Are you guys with me so far? Right? We are, we are laying the foundations here. Because I promise you, man, when I talk to people and they're so desperate to experience God and so desperate to see the goodness of God in their lives, but they don't realize what's crippling them, right? So uh, Romans 5 verse 12, and it says, Therefore, just as sin, the noun, all right, entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin, right? To be sure, sin, the noun, was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin. Sounds a bit unfair, right? It's like, what? well, that's what it says. It says, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command as did Adam. Now, you know that discussion? Did you know that discussion? Was it Eve's fault or was it Adam's fault? I'm just reading the Bible here. Eh? That's all I'm saying. I'm just reading the Bible. <laughs> Who is a pattern of the one to come. All right. So, do you guys understand that no one had a choice? Because death entered through sin, that is it. Sorry. Because when you were created, what sin did you do? Nothing. But because of Adam, you were born into sin and death reigned over you, right? And death is, in this context, the separation from God. There was no way for us to be connected to God because of Adam. I'm going to keep using Adam even though we, it's fine. Because <laughs> of Adam, um, into every single person that came after that, sin was born into them, Okay? Romans, we did it there. It's like 12 parts. Go watch it on YouTube and Facebook. It's amazing. Um, but yeah. So can we see that our position up until the time that we discovered Jesus was always death. Our position was always sin. And from our position, what we did was we created a logic. We created a reasoning. What makes me happy? What makes me sad? What makes me successful? What makes me valued? What makes me loved? Are you with me? But our position was always sin and death. Okay? And in that place of sin and death, that entire logic was formed by something called the flesh. And the flesh is our unrenewed, um, our unrenewed mindset to try and serve ourselves. That's what the flesh is. Right? 
Because when you're in the place of sin and death, the only thing that you're doing is trying to survive. Hey, love your neighbor. That's my neighbor, man. I'm trying to survive myself. Are you guys with me? Right? So you could never go beyond anything that was out of your self-service. Even your job. You'd only treat your boss as well as you need that increase. Even your friends. You'd only want to go out when you were in the mood to have a good time or something you were going to get. Are you with me? Everything we did, we made sure that we got a cut of something. Right? But enter Jesus. Everyone says, enter Jesus. Right? And what did he do? Now, God understanding this issue, okay, this issue of sin and death, he realized, or shall I say he made it clear, that there was no way to reverse this. Okay? You need to understand. There's no way to reverse this. The only way to enter something new or to change is to start afresh. Why do you think everyone gets so excited about the January the 1st? All of a sudden, <laughs> that calendar turns. It's like, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, but what about the chaos from last week? No, that was last year, man. Stop living in the past, bro. Let it go. Right? The only way is to start something new. So what did he do? God comes in flesh, right? The Bible tells us that he who had no sin became sin. Right? In him, there was no sin, but sin was imputed to him. Are you guys with me? So he came to put to death this flesh that we were slaves to so that we could have a new position. Amen? When the Bible says that we have been brought from death to life, what is it talking about? It's saying that you are no longer a slave to sin. Right? In Romans, Paul says, says, listen, you who died to sin, how could you carry on in it? It's something that you are dead to. You're not even in that place anymore. Are you with me? And what did he do? He said, right, I'm not going to make them try again. You guys, you guys ever experienced that in your life? Where you're trying to teach someone something and then they try and they do it wrong. And you're like, okay, we're going to try again. But in your mind you like unconsciously just making it less and less, like taking, you know, things away from them? Or is it just me? Okay, never mind. It's all good. But God said, no, I'm not going to make them try again. What I'm going to do is, is that I'm going to put them in an environment that cannot be corrupted. I'm going to put them in a position that is everlasting. I'm going to place them somewhere that they can't change. But it's a place that will change them. You know what that place is? Jesus. He is the place. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Oh, everyone knows this one, but I'm going to read it. It's all good. I like it. Linda, don't stress, bro. Everyone here is taking notes. Even the live stream guys, they're all good. Oh, it's, uh, Linda gave up? <laughs> it's Dylan. <laughs> That's okay. You can go back and watch it. It's all good. All right, so um, this is under the Ministry of Reconciliation. And check what Paul says here. Uh, from verse, I think I said 17, eh? Oh, let's go from verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Right? And he died, oh, sorry. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, right, from a fleshly point of view, okay? Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Or in other translation, it says, if anyone is in Christ, they are now a new creation, right? All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
and he was committed to us, or he has committed to us, the message of reconciliation. All right. Are you guys understanding this picture I'm painting about position? Okay. If I am at Old Trafford, for those of you who don't know, Manchester United Stadium in the UK, right? And I'm there with all the Man United supporters. But I start singing the Liverpool song. <laughs> Do you think people are going to start singing along? Why? Because in that stadium, amongst those supporters, you don't do that. Right? Do you think, oh, I was going to say Sir Alex Ferguson. Okay, let's go back to when he was there, the glory days. Do you think Sir Alex is going to come up to you and pat you on the back and say, good job? He's going to come up to you and say, hey, thanks. You know, this is really cool. He's not going to do that. Why? Because there, in that place, that is something that isn't done. If you do that in that place, you're going to be someone who's very frustrated. Are you with me? If you go into a kitchen, right, and you try to do a car oil change, is it going to work out? Do you think your whisk is going to help you jack the car up? No. <laughs> Are you with me? Can you see there's a positional problem, all right? And what's happened, because we've come from the position of sin and death, what we've done is that we are taking the same logic, the same things that we're looking for, and we're saying, right, I want to do it here now in Christ. We want the same methods, we want the same way. Oh, I just want financial breakthrough. Okay, but have you changed the way that you're looking at finances? Because you see, when you're in sin and death and you're under the system of the world, they tell you, just take a loan, but... You can have it now. It's fine. Five loans down and all you're doing with your salary every month is paying installments. It's taking 35,000 years to pay it off because they're charging you interest at million percent. Are you guys with me? I'm being, I'm being, obviously, you know, I'm exaggerating here. But this is the element that we are missing from experiencing the abundant life in Christ. Amen? A lot of people say, I'm going to start a kingdom business. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to change the marketplace. I'm like, okay, cool. But then when you're going in and you're starting your business, you're using the exact policies from the world. I'm going to start a new school. Okay, cool, 100%, go for it. But I'm going to use everything they've developed. Okay, we're not writing their stuff off, but what we're writing off is their method. You see, their way, because their way of doing things was developed to manage the place of sin and death. But now you being found in Christ... Here, in grace and righteousness, wholeness, contentment, all these things that the Bible tells us we have because of Jesus, how then should we be thinking about living? How then should we be thinking about the way that we're doing things? Because we're getting the temporary satisfaction from the method from sin and death. But over here, we're reading about so much abundance in God, but we're never touching it. And what's the reason that we use? I gave you the three in the beginning. The devil, sin, or a test. Amen? The devil, sin, or a test. So this is the crippling factor, guys. And I'll close with this. Are you getting something this morning? Are you understanding this positional shift that has taken place? Right? Those of you who were here for the heart series, you, you would get a lot of... Uh, um, Refreshing, because we talk about this a lot in that, right? But let's look at it. Why do Christians backslide? How can a Christian at some point in their life say, no, I tried the God thing, you know? I was talking to a youngster the other day. Phenomenal Call of Duty player, right? He actually invited me as a friend because I was beating him one day. Yeah, it's good. I was having a good day. But that being said, uh, he asked, there was something in my profile, the CWW was there. He's like, geez, what's this, bro? So I'm like, no, it's actually my church, bro. He's like, oh, cool, that's cool, man. He's like, yeah, listen, you know, the, the normal comment is, I respect everyone's religion. You know, everyone has a choice. I tried the God thing. You know, I was also a Christian. And, uh, yeah, no, now I just do sort of my own thing. You know, you guys heard explanations like that before, you know? And in your mind, you can't just, you can't bring yourself to understand, but how, why did you run away? What is it that turned you away? 
And guys, I promise you now, nine times out of ten, they'll tell you it wasn't working for me. Yeah, well, they don't debate religion because it wasn't working for them. Because they say, no, what I was looking for, I didn't find. But you see, you weren't conscious of what you were looking for. You were just mindful of the way you wanted it done. Are you with me? And as a believer, when you come to Jesus, your first thing is saying, okay, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. You came to earth, you paid the price for sin, you died and you rose again, seated at the right hand of God. And after that, immediately, the next thing is, okay, I need to now find out how you do things and I need to change according to that. Because you see, there's a very subtle, subtle mechanic at work here. We play the Christian game. No, it's not a board game you can buy, okay? Don't worry. <laughs> it's not for sale. But it's a game that every single one of us adopt in our lives. You know why? Because we experience the love of God. We experience it. We're like, oh, man, this is so amazing. And then we start attending church. We start listening to the sermons. We start making worship playlists. We do all these things, right? And then the old desires start kicking up again. The old way we used to do things start kicking up. Hey, thanks, Zach. The old way we do things start kicking up. And then what we start doing is we say, okay, we, we're in church on Sunday. Our hands are raised. And then we know on Monday, I'm going to leave God out of this. I'm going to make my own plan. Which is fine. We all have our choice. We can do what we want, right? But we need to understand the effect that that's going to have in our hearts. You see, that's why people start preaching and saying, that God's testing you. That's why people start preaching and saying, it's like, listen, you don't know what it costs to follow Jesus. I'm like, listen, bro, if you are feeling so much pressure from walking with God, I guarantee you now, you're not walking with him. Because out of his very lips, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if I'm having a difficult time walking with God, who do you think the problem is with? So let's just ask a higher grade question here, you know? <laughs> who do you think the issue is with? You think it's God? You think someone who is perfect can do something wrong? You think someone who's perfect can have something incomplete? No. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, right? He is the all-sufficient one. But what do we do? Deep down in our heart, we want to protect that thing, man. Because for 30 years of your life, you were getting some lack of satisfaction from that thing. But now you're discovering how it works in the kingdom and you're realizing, hey, don't give up that thing. Jesus, what are you saying? But the truth is that what you are getting from that thing, you can get from Jesus with no cost. Well, it's free, but it was expensive. It's free for you and I, but it cost him his life. Are you guys with me? And this is why as a believer, you can't use willpower, ladies and gentlemen. You know what willpower is? Willpower is flesh satisfaction. Ooh. Willpower is not kicking over the stand. Willpower is flesh satisfaction, right? So your willpower is inversely proportional, right? Means it works in reverse, to how much of your flesh is satisfied. Anyway, any of you ever try to fast? At least once in your life, sometime, you know? Anyone try to give up sugar for a week? I tried for an afternoon. I survived. It was good. <laughs> but what happens? You become weaker the more your flesh is depraved, right? You know when the craving kicks in, you're like, yo. And then someone walks past you and they've got strawberry-flavored lip gloss. You're like, yo. Right? And all of a sudden, you find yourself, oh, I'm weak. I can't do it. Now, what do you need? Then you need Jay Shetty to come up on your feet every day <laughs> with his lovely piercing blue eyes. And he says, you matter. Don't you know that you have a purpose that you don't understand? Even I don't understand your purpose because I don't know what I'm saying. And you get a quick emotional rush. And then you're back on it, man. <laughs> Let's go. You guys know what I'm talking about? Willpower is linked to your flesh. 
your flesh is linked to sin and death. But there is this beautiful truth in the word, right? Amazing five-letter word. It's called grace. And when you actually study it out, it loosely translates to God's ability, right? Can I give you a secret on how it works? Do you want it? Yeah? All right, let's go for it. What is the time? I'm okay. Five minutes, right? Jared took some of my time, so I'm taking it back. It's all good. Freely given, you know, that whole story. <laughs> so when we were in sin and death, right, we lived purely for self, right? And we, we were committed to anything that delivered on self-fulfillment. Are you guys with me? So whatever it was we chased in life, we committed until we got that fulfillment. But when there was something that we knew was bad for us that we should give up, willpower kicks in, and we only go as long as the willpower lasts. You guys with me? Like those examples I just mentioned. But now when we come into this place here of grace and righteousness, and we understand that that entire framework now needs to change, okay? When we're standing over here in Christ, Grace is able to work because there is nothing you are doing for yourself. Listen carefully. Over here in sin and death, it was me. If I didn't look after me, no one's going to look after me, right? And the only thing I was conscious of all the time was everything that I need to be happy, to be whole, to be valuable, to be successful. Are you with me? We step across the way over here, we get into Christ, and what does the Bible tells us? 1 John 4 tells us that, listen, as he is now seated at the right hand of God, all right? If you go in and study it up, that is Jesus glorified. That is his, that, that's him, boom. Perfect resurrection body, the declaration to the world that God has made peace for us. John goes and says, as he is now seated there, so are you in this world. Now that begs the question because over here, it means I don't need to get anything. I'm whole. Over here, I don't need to prove a point. I'm successful. I'm healed. What does salvation mean? Saved, healed, delivered, set free, made prosperous. Amen? But there is this element that plays in now that every time I want to feel a certain way, I don't go to Christ to do that. What do I do? I kick back in here. Remember the glory days, man, where we used to go out and we used to do, oh, we should do that again. That was so fun. It's like, okay, why do you want to do it? For the fun or to get rid of your depression? I got to go buy the latest BMW. That's cool. Is it because you like BMW or because your neighbors are scaring you out? Are you guys with me? And when we talk about New Testament realities, ladies and gents, this is the crippling factor that a lot of Christians don't address. We see a truth in the Bible and we interpret it through ourselves. We don't interpret it through Jesus. Are you guys with me? We see someone, someone we don't like was in a car accident and we say, yeah, you see God teaching him a lesson. I'm like, huh? God put someone in a car accident. I got to get out. God, I'm sorry. I'm not taking that chance. Are you guys with me? So, do you understand this picture, guys, of this positional, positional and the state of what happened from the old man to the new? Our position of sin and death, what was our state? Lack. Everything you could imagine was missing. But when we come to grace and righteousness here in Christ, what is our state? Perfect. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen? So what is the key? What is the catalyst that's going to help us experience the reality that we have in Jesus? Do you want to know? I'm glad you asked that question. Romans 12. Oh, and everyone can quote this, man. Like, woo. They can even quote it in every translation, in every language. Hallelujah. Righto. Therefore, 
I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Okay, so check this out, right? Immediately when you hear that scripture, you thought about all the things you got to stop doing, right? Okay, be honest in your heart at least, okay? Because <laughs> I did that. When I read the scripture, I'm like, Holy and pleasing to God. Oh my gosh, I've got to stop, 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 stop. Tell me something. Where's that logic? Is it this side or is it that side? It's that side. Anything that is not filtered through Jesus, you're living in sin and death. You're living in a place not only of which you've died to, but a place that you're no longer a slave to. See, only Christ could have taken you out, right? Paul paints the, the, the comparison. He says, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're now a slave to righteousness. Let me ask you something. What say does a, does a slave have? Imagine you here. Like, yeah, I'm a slave of sin. I'm going to get out of sin. And sin's like, no, but what are you doing? Shut up. Sit down. <laughs> and he paints the picture of how radical the salvation of Jesus is. He says, you're a slave of righteousness now. Righteousness is the truth that's speaking about you. Are you guys with me? So when I read here, right, present yourself. Uh, therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. What does that mean? It means I've got to harmonize with where I am. Because my spirit's already there. The body needs to harmonize there. Are you with me? Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do you know what the pattern of this world, its main objective is? It's to make the flesh strong. To make the flesh overpowering. To keep it completely drunk with its own desires. That's the world's purpose, the system. But what does he say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yes, his will is all three of those things. And his will and purpose for you is to be found in Christ. Are you with me? Not a career, not a business, not a relationship. That's not God's will and purpose for you. This place here in Christ is God's will and purpose for you. Amen. So we need to take this thing, guys, and what we need to do is, before we run out on the old programming, we need to take the, the decision, because listen, every one of us can make our own decisions. We're in charge of our own decisions, right? But we need to take the decision to say, okay, Lord, before, this made sense to me. I can cut a corner, I can make a plan, Ugh, I'll just lie to that person and I'll stab this person in the back, Ugh, they'll get over it, it's fine, it's cool. But listen, when I'm here now, Lord, I'm standing whole in you. I'm standing perfect in you. So the way I'm going to act now is firstly, I'm going to be experiencing your wholeness, your contentment, your peace, your provision, right? And from there, without needing anything that I needed before in sin and death, from there, I will listen to you about what to do. Amen? Do you know that we get so many requests from people where they get prayer requests, you know, and they get into this crisis situation. <laughs> and it's like, it's like the 11th hour. Like literally the, the banks are coming to close up the house tomorrow. That's literally when it is, you know. But now they've got no resort. Last resort is God. Okay, we've tried everything, guys. It's God. So they come for prayer and they explain the situation to us. I'll be honest. I'm just like, you're sorry, you know. Because in my mind, I'm like, dude, you're at the end of it now. I don't know. But as a believer, as a son of God, what is my responsibility? My responsibility is, yes, but this is hectic, but we're going to pray now. We're going to submit to Christ's authority, and he's going to lead us. Amen? And he's going to lead us. You see, we cannot couple the goodness of God with the corruption of the flesh independent of our own accountability. 
Because we keep going, God, just fix it. God, make it feel nice. God, do something. But we refuse to be accountable for the corruption that our own flesh is producing in our lives. The Bible tells us that those who sow into the flesh will reap corruption. Amen? But what do those who sow into the spirit reap? Everlasting life. Amen. So let's be good sons and daughters, guys. Our performance doesn't affect God's view of us. Because you see, God is seeing us in the way he's trying to get us to see ourselves. As Jesus is. But you know what's going to happen? We're going to experience corruption and we're going to blame him. We're going to experience corruption and we'll blame everything else, but we will refuse to change. We'd rather be stuck in the flesh. Are you guys with me? So as we embark on this series now, it's going to be a couple of weeks because this is a topic we can't just skim over, man. This is, this is the beauty of the result that Jesus came to give us. That we can be surrounded by absolute chaos, poverty, and destruction, but have complete wholeness. Have complete peace. Have complete value, dignity, and honor. Purely because it's all coming from Him. Amen? So are you guys excited? Did you get something this morning? Give God a praise. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where's my maestro? Gee. Make the music things, man. So this morning I was talking about, I think I was talking too much. It's really hot in here. <laughs> but this morning I was talking about submitting to our new position and our new state. Right? Ads, just check the sound there. Where's Ads? The guitar. A new position and a new state, right? And as a child of God, if you are overwhelmed or if you are surrounded by the corruption that your flesh is producing, if you are just so tired from having chaos around every corner, <laughs> having a drama every single day that you just wish, Lord, could it please stop? It can stop, guys. But the key to it stopping is you renewing your mind that you moved from sin and death to grace and righteousness. That's the key. Everyone close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. So with everything you've heard this morning, I'm hoping that it's become abundantly clear to you that God has indeed made a way. It's become abundantly clear to you that God has provided everything that he ever could. I'm hoping that it's become abundantly clear to you that he has taken us out of sin and death. And he's brought us into grace and righteousness. He's brought us into himself. So take a few minutes right now. Just search your heart. This is not a, some guilt or manipulation to get a reaction out of you. This is you exercising your authority as a human being. This is you exercising your rights as a child of God to let go of everything to do with the flesh. Because eternal life is our inheritance. It's one short step, guys. And don't ever fall for the deception that if you leave this thing, you'll be missing out. There's a better pleasure. There's a way better pleasure. That thing that you're experiencing from the flesh is a fraction, the tiniest fraction of what you'll experience in Jesus. If we choose to stay in the flesh, we're choosing to miss out choose Christ, we gain everything. 
So if you're sitting here this morning, while every eye is closed, every head is bowed, or even even if you're online, and you're saying, you know what? I've never I've never chosen Jesus. I've I've never decided that I wanted to do things His way. I've never acknowledged that He is the Son of God and that He He paid the price to make a way for me. That's you here this morning. Just slip up your hand quickly. We'd like to have a chat with you after the service. Slip up your hand so I can see. And please come down after the service so we can chat. I want to just explain to you this amazing life that we have. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. God is good. God is good, man. Uh, just a heads up. This week, please, if, you have, if you're not on the broadcast list, please get on there. Because you need to be notified that Church Without Walls will be live on podcast this week. So those of you who are the podcast fundies, and you all subscribe to all your different things, we're going to be there too. Woo, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, maybe I'm more excited. I should be. I don't know. Probably. We'll, we'll broadcast. We've registered and everything. We're just waiting for them to say it's live. So yeah, so um, currently all our sermons are available video, Facebook and YouTube, right? But uh, from this week onwards, they will be available on podcast. So you can have an audio version that you can download. And obviously share with everyone who you know needs to experience the love of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So everyone stand up. I know it's been a long morning, man. Woo. But it's been a good morning. Amen. Put your hand on your heart and put your other hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. This is going to be funny. I see how people squirm around you. This is going to be good. (laughs) And say, Lord, thank you so much that we are highly favored, we are truly blessed, and we are deeply loved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Guys, have an amazing Sunday. We'll see you on Wednesday. Grace and peace.